takes it left, gives it up to Devontae Green, down to five. Devontae looking for Romeo. Right, finally throws it to Rob Finnessy for a long bomb. Oh! The only thing that cut was <laughs> listeners to comment. Yeah, move the needle. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to episode Reagan, 11. Did you just place a bet? <laughs> Reagan's live betting during the open of episode 11 of Hoosier Picks. Um, uh, as I just mentioned, I am joined here by Reagan. Also got Tommy. Uh, a little bit. Howdy, dif- howdy, little, howdy. little bit different situation tonight, Tommy. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're at my house tonight, so looks like, uh, old Skybox and Reagan are the guests this time. We're the guests of the show. the king of the castle. <laughs> so that means we pick first in all of our top threes. Well, you, you no, lock, it you, means, it means you, I'll say you can pick first, but then I'll <laughs> just go to myself picking. All right, boys. Big week. Big weekend coming up. Big time. Uh, this is going to be our... Christmas? Uh, just before that. No, just before that. Um, this weekend we got the Crossroads Classic. This is going to be a Crossroads Classic heavy episode. Um, but before we get to that, we did have a few other segments that we wanted to get to. Um, one of those segments being a quick recap of last week and especially last week's episode. Um, Regan, I will insert the audio here as I did on a deleted tweet. But I'm going to go with Minnesota. It was between Minnesota or Illinois, but I don't know if it's called Assembly Hall or State Farm Center, so I've left them off my list. Can I just tell you that, before I give you my fifth pick, that Minnesota's place would probably be on my list number 14 out of 14. Okay. I think that's the easiest place to win a road game. They're so irrelevant. I saw a lot of Penn State. So... I don't know. It was it was it was a tough list? Like I said, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have cared if you picked Illinois because I think that is a tough place to play. You know, they're orange. Um, they have a great fan base. You know, uh, you know, they're, they're, they have the whole state of Illinois. Um, but Minnesota, like when when for instance IU plays in Minnesota, I'm like, oh no, IU has no chance to win in Minnesota. I think. Okay, IU has a neutral site game against Minnesota. They just have to travel for it. That's number 14 on my list. Um, But do you want to talk about this Minnesota, Ohio State, Minnesota being the easiest place to play and in the Big Ten, and the same night we release the podcast, Minnesota defends the the barn. What do you got to say for yourself, man? Any any more moronic takes? Any more idiotic takes? I got... I do have a few points to make. First of all, I take back that Minnesota is the hardest place to play, and I change or the easiest place to play, and I change that to uh, Northwestern because Northwestern is so bad that 
it's impossible for that to be a difficult place to play. But in order for Minnesota to win that game, they had to have a player score 35, and they also had to um, – Ohio State's second-best player was out. Wesson? No. No? Washington. I didn't watch the game. Of course you didn't. Because <laughs> it was an irrelevant game. <laughs> exactly. So they had, they had a it's, – it's a fluke. It doesn't change my, my statement. Third, literally, there have been 14 Big Ten games. The home team has won 13 of them. So that doesn't mean, mean Minnesota is that much higher up. It just means Northwestern's the only team that hasn't won a home game. So that Northwestern sucks. And their gym sucks. Every, all the other 13 schools, you can argue anywhere. You know what I think? Oh, jeez. I think some people up in Minnesota heard something. Well, if they, I was, They heard a win of blowing and said, we got to defend for Scott. I also... And defend the barn. Well, kudos to you for that. I also, any school coached by Little Ricky, um, Little Ricky Patino. You know what I think? Is they don't intimidate Is if Ohio State had Aaron Kraft out there. That's true. No chance they no, lose. No chance they lose. It's not even a question. No chance. Moving on. So that was one segment. <laughs> that was one segment we wanted to get to. Uh, just a little jab at Reagan. Um, there were uh, two se- on a serious note. Um, Reagan, you want to talk about this? Uh, the passing of two legends, abs- two legends that inspired two of the greatest movies of all time. Yes, I would love to. First of all, uh, Radio this week passed away. The if you guys have seen the movie Radio with the manager of the high school football team that always carries around a radio and has been managing the team for years passed away this week i think he was 73 or something um but he he was such an inspiration to that town um that's uh, that's sad he he struggled with health health issues past few years so he wasn't doing well um and then the other one was, was herman boone the head coach of tc williams high school passed away this week and um, I know he holds a special place in our hearts and and Denzel Washington did an uh-huh. unbelievable job that's portraying a, him. That's a Disney movie. That's, Disney? That's, that's a top five movie of any any sort. I'll never forget the speech Disney he gave. That was that. a complete fabrication about his siblings. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. like the you most... had 12 yeah. brothers and sisters? <laughs> Eight. Twelve sounds better. <laughs> Your team needs you tonight. The left side, strong side. I didn't even play defense, and I still went out there hitting people saying left side, strong side. I don't dance unless I hear music. I will not be intimidated. That's just the way I am. Oh, that's sad. It, it really is sad. Just, you know. Bad week. Oh, I looked up uh, radio's real name because I want to pay real respect to him. James Robert Kennedy. James Robert Kidney. Kennedy. Like the president. All right. Um, one more segment. Bourbon beat of the week. Reagan, you texted me last night. Texted me this morning. Said, I got a bad beat. You wanna Do we need to talk about our bourbon first? We want to have a bourbon beat of the week. Do you want to talk about the bourbon? Your place, your bourbon? Yeah, so we're, uh, we're drinking Russell's Reserve tonight. Uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Ten years old. 
What do you think about it? When was it uh, distilled? Like, when, when was it founded? I'm big into that now. Uh, it says more than 90 years. Oh, so a little on the young side for a bourbon. It's good. It's good. It's so smooth. More than 90 years, that's the combined tenure of master distillers Jimmy and his son Eddie Russell. They hand-selected barrels after at least 10 years of aging, resulting in a bourbon that delivers a balance of rich, spicy vanilla flavors. Their experience guarantees yours. It is good. It is very good. Yeah. What would you it's say smooth. was 10 year? It's smooth. Yeah. Boy, those guys from Kentucky. They know how to make a bourbon. They do. They know how to make a bourbon. They're scared to play IU in basketball and football, but they can make bourbon. Wow. Well, that's true. Yeah. Both. Both are true. Both, Both are, are true. true. I already like your furniture better than mine because mine's leather and it makes like the farting noises. That's true. This okay. is like much quieter. I've already moved around like four times. Reagan. Get us, give us your beat of the week. Okay. Uh, first, I do want to say Dubs. Not sure if he's alive or not, but he did just text me and say, uh, ironically, with the timing, please give a shout out to Herman Boone for me on the pod. He was a great man. He won a lot of games and inspired me to never fumble the football. Hashtag three sport athlete. Think of Dubs. Dubs is going through a tough time. So, all right, Bourbon Beat of the Week, uh, Wednesday night. North Carolina is playing at Gonzaga. North Carolina is terrible. Uh, Gonzaga's pretty good. Uh, Gonzaga gets up 20. They're coasting in the second half. The line opened at minus 12. Uh, some people got it at minus 12, but it, it quickly jumped minus 13 and a half, minus 14. So most people that got on that game were at 13 and a half or 14. So they uh, Gonzaga hits a shot. Uh, with about a minute to go to go up 19, and the game looks pretty well in hand. And Carolina comes down in transition. Somehow they don't match up. Transition, a walk-on hits a three where his feet weren't even set, and he, he followed his shot. He shot it, thought he was going to miss it, so he followed his shot, and it went in. So that cuts the lead to 16, but Gonzaga still got the ball with like 50 seconds left, so you feel all right. Uh, they come down, they miss a quick shot, and then Carolina comes down, and again in transition, another walk-on, hits a three with his feet not set, and it was one of those that kind of twirled around the rim and went in, um, and that put the game at 13, and then Gonzaga dribbled the clock out. So a lot of people that had 13 and a half or 14 on Gonzaga lost because of two garbage threes in the last minute. So I actually teased it. I had a great tease. Teased it. What'd you need at minus seven? Uh, nine and a half, I think. Good win? Yeah. Yeah, so that... like tease. That, that was like a relief for me. Because I knew, I knew what I would have had of that, and I knew I would have missed. That would've, I would have been so mad. I actually was on it at minus 12. So I still covered. Yeah, I, I saw you because I saw you were on it at minus. Because I got on it real early. And I think I would have got it at thirteen and a half, probably. Yeah, yeah, thirteen and a half. So I was like, I don't really feel comfortable there. And then I was like, well, I'll tease it and make a parlay. And that was my last bet of the parlay. And oh, good win. I hit Reagan. I had um, my alert set up on the Action Network or the Action app, and saw you put the minus twelve in. I bet it probably 30 seconds after you did. So you won? I won too. So we both won. All three of us won, but most people lost. 
That's why you need to be listening and following, guys. That's why you guys. need to be following us on the action. So, that's a true story. Um, Alright, so we got the Bourbon Beat of the Week. That's not really a beat of the, bad beat for us. That's just a bad beat for you guys. It's just a bad beat in general. Yeah. But hey, we're, we're a group. We, you know... Good, I, friend, good friends don't let friends bet alone. Yeah, and when we all lose, we're, it's a community. So, Love um, it. Love it. Especially when we recommend the pick. Um... Do you want to jump into the classic? Let's do it. All right. So um, this is the Crossroads Classic. What it, how, what year is this of the classic? Uh, is it nine? Nine? Nine of 12? Because you got this year, 20 and 21? Yeah. I, well, this is nine of, ele- nine of 11, maybe. Nine of eleven, maybe. Okay. Well, regardless, I was reading an article earlier. It sounds like um, both IU and Purdue are um, thinking about backing out of this in twenty twenty one. So the maybe close to ending Crossroads Classic. Um, two big match. Well, one big matchup and um, the IU's playing. But um, the first game we're going to talk about is Notre Dame um, playing IU. It's the first game. Um, 12 p.m. start, and if anybody says that it's the JV game, I'm not gonna slap you, but like I'm my stare is gonna slap you in the face. No, it's not the. I don't know. I used to just pull that joke on like really shitty teams playing at one o'clock, and now people are doing it to IU. Yeah, it frustrates well, me. I mean, if you if you want to break it down, there's not really a great team in this. <sighs> Butler would probably be. Beller would be the, the best. Be, Beller would be the best, but yeah. Honestly, that's how like close everybody is. Butler's the best, but all the teams in it could beat Butler yeah. on a good night. Mm-hmm. Um. So guys, this first game, uh, Notre Dame eight and three. It's early, but they're thirteenth in the ACC, and I use ten and one. They're third in the Big Ten. That, that's hearsay, just because of how early it is. Um, let's get a good breakdown. Who wants to talk about what team? I can take the Irish. Okay. I uh, you know, I actually have season tickets to the Irish. Haven't been to a game yet, but are you still selling those? Yeah, I still got like five games in February left, five home games. So if any of y'all out there want to go up to South Bend, give me a holler. How far is it from my from Indy? From Indy, you can probably make it in a little less than three. Yeah, that's about three. right. That's not bad. Um, that's from south side of Indy too, because that's what we make it from. From here, usually to the, and the seats football games. Good seats. So Notre Dame is down to eight players that they dress per game. They only dress eight. Of the eight, they don't play. They only play seven. Dejogo, who I actually kind of like, he doesn't play. He just sits there. Um, they only have ten players on the roster. All ten are scholarship. Two are hurt. So they dress eight. They play seven. Now, of their seven, they're all returners. They didn't. They don't have a freshman on the roster. Somehow, Mike Bray didn't recruit any freshman this year. But they have a double double machine in John Mooney. But John Mooney double double machine, and then they just surround him at all times with shooters. So they got um, three sophomore guards that shoot it. They got Rex Fluger back. Um, he's a shooter. They got a couple. Uh, Four men that are kind of bigger guys, they they can shoot. So um, I, I had them, Notre Dame versus, it might have been North Carolina the other day, 
and I think they hit double-figure threes, and they just kept letting her fly. So, you know, they – I think it's almost certain that they will shoot a lot of threes, especially because IU is um, bigger in, inside than they are, um, although Mooney is a handful. He's, he's got great hands, great touch around the rim, and he's a double-double machine. So they're going to have their hands full with him, but um, I'm more concerned with them being able to defend the, the three-pointers. Got a question. What do you think of the Goodwin kid? Uh, he, he, he can play. Dame? Dame Goodwin? Might be. Yeah. Um, he, he, he shoots it really well. Put, he can put it on the deck. He's not, um, he's not explosive going to the rim, but he, could, he has a nice pull-up game. Mm-hmm. Um, has, has really good range. I want to say, because he was in Columbus when I was there, yeah. and his dad was the head coach at Capitol. Yeah, I remember his that. his dad was so badass. He would um, sponsor our pre-game um, parties. So if they had like a twelve o'clock game, he would give us money. We would either go get pizza or go to the grocery store and get a whole bunch of eggs and have kegs and eggs and just cook a huge breakfast for everybody at our house. And it was all just the the head basketball coach. Then we'd roll over to the game and we would just go, you know, cheer block. We had a that's awesome. We had a really good basketball team then. Um, Really, really good basketball team, and um, but yeah, he he. Um, I so I got to know him just a little bit, just here, you know, just in his presence. Um, but then I heard about his son, and he was averaging like thirty-five or forty points a game at Upper Arlington, and yeah, he was he really was a big-time recruit for Notre Dame. Real, yeah, and and um, I just I've only just kind of followed that kid. I feel like he's been there for like five years though. He's a sophomore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I will say, I will say, Notre Dame's biggest weakness in the. It's region. been a long two years, man. <laughs> yeah. Been a long two years. Is he redshirt? I, I don't. Even, I think he got hurt last year and didn't even play, like the second half of the year. Oh, uh, maybe that's why. I will say Notre Dame's um, couple weaknesses is they're they're subpar defensively. Um, so Mike Bray's solution to that is to play zone. Um, and their zone's not really good, and and if you're zoning, you're probably not very good at rebounding, and that's another weakness. So, uh, IU will have to be prepared for zone, and um, unfortunately, Tom Crean's not around with oh. his stellar zone offense. Um, but darn, I, I, I think if we IU should, rebounds, will I, be I think we should never bring up Tom Crean versus the zone, unless we're talking about Georgia Tom Crean versus zone. We should never bring it up. It, it, we need to wipe it from our memory. I don't we know. To... I think it's hilarious. Who's Tom Crean? That's Dubs. See what you did there. Um, Reagan, so you think one of the one of the biggest advantages IU might be able to have is down low? Yeah, absolutely. Notre Dame's um, – they're, they're Mooney, as I said, he, he's pretty solid inside, but he doesn't want to foul. So his defense will be – Suspect and, and whoever their four is, um, it's like Les, Les, Laskowski, Laskowski, something. He's got a weird last name, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's real thin. Um, and if he's guarding Trace, uh, Trace will eat him alive on the boards. I, I I'm interested to see how Trace plays against Mooney. Yeah, if the, that will be a good matchup. Mooney, but I think a, Notre Dame. He's a great sounds. rebounder, so. There's, but I think uh, it's I think Mooney and Mooney leads their team in points and rebounds, and I think 
Trace leads our team in yeah. points and rebounds. So I think that, I mean, I'm interested to see. I think Trace is playing great, and I always like seeing how he handles a tough matchup. So. I think he'll start. I think Brunk and Mooney will be matched up to start. Um, but Trace will certainly see time on him. There's been a big emphasis put on getting it down low, getting it inside in the lane, in the paint, with Smith, with Trace, with all those bigs. It is, it's been a focus all year because there's been a lack of shooting. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to bring that up. We're, we're riding the roller coaster. But I'm just saying, like, what they've been able to do all year, the most successful part of their offense being down low, is seemingly yeah. going to bode well for him this game. So um, they will have to knock down some shots, though, because if you're playing zone, you you have to hit some shots. But their threes have to be inside out. Like they have to get it into the high post or get it to the short corner, and then kick out for three. If they're just passing around the perimeter, and then someone chucks a three because the shot clock's winding down, you're in trouble. Speaking of, I mean, we're basically taking your segment away, Tommy. But you want to break down IU? You want to give us? Your insight to, I, I don't know, maybe where you see a, an advantage that Notre Dame might be able to exploit or just some of the, I don't know, you said you did some research last night, so what did you do last night? Well, I mean, I don't I don't typically, like, I don't dig hard on stats. I like a, I'm a by-the-eye guy. Like, like He gives them the visual To go what I, yeah, go off what I see. I think. Uh, Shout out, Noah. Ooh. Ooh, uh, I get Dr. it. Hodge. I get it. He's an eye doctor, guys. Uh-huh. He's an eye doctor. Uh-huh. But I, uh, I think IU. You know, I like what I see this year. You know, we're not where I want us to be, but I, I see guys buying into Archie's system. Um, I see you know feeding the post. Um, kind of, we were talking about somebody else earlier and I never really felt like we had a a good system in place I feel like we're getting a good system in place and these guys play together yeah they play together it seems like you don't have you know you could say Trace stands out but not like heads and tails I don't heads and tails it's not like he's head and shoulders head and shoulders above anyone else Um, but he He's impressed me. You know, I I was kind of up in the air. I had seen him play once in high school. It was it was a good game, but I was a little worried. But I've been very impressed. I do think he'll have a good game. I think um, if he plays how he's been playing the rest of the season, I think IU wins. That's what basically what it comes down to. Are we going to have some guys hit some shots? What what is Devonte going to be doing this game? I that's, think a, that's a good question. Did you hear that Devontae got hurt last game and that's why he came out? Or did you just think he came out because he was playing terrible? Because I've heard both sides of the story. I I just thought they took him out because he was playing terrible. Which that could be the case, but I, I think he's like he's the, the guy that is going to be the determining factor in whether or not they win 22 games or 17. Right. I don't necessarily think he has to play good in this game. I think he needs to put up 10 points. It'd be nice for him to hit a couple shots. Yeah. Somebody that I'm interested in watching is uh, Rob Fennessy. 
big he, game. He's a game changer too. He, big game, obviously last year. You know, we played the intro, um, but coming off of injury, coming back, he he's been Archie. I love Archie's quote about load management. He's not been on load management. It's just just the way the game's been played. I wonder if he's gonna unleash him if he's going to be able to go on Saturday what is you know I think it's going to be a second or third game back yeah how is Rob Finnessy going to how long is he going to play how is he going to play and so that's that's kind of the guy that I'm looking at just because like you just said Reagan he's a game changer sure he's a guy that he's a guy that can drop threes handle the ball make good passes not turn it over god that pisses me off when they turn the ball over here's here's an x-factor for you for green uh, what was it, Wednesday night or Tuesday night? Uh, the Lakers played at the Pacers, right? Mm-hmm. Green's brother plays on the Lakers. So Green was at the game this week, and he's going to be back in that same gym Saturday. And I think the freshness of that gym in his mind um, and just getting a feel for the environment and, and, and the arena, um, big, big game out of Devontae Saturday. Wow. He just got beat back door, so hopefully he plays better defense than him. (laughs) Um, We're watching the Lakers game, by the way. But I do like that um, that insight. That's a little. That's a little tip. We should. We should. You know, that that should be like a little tweet that we send out. Hey, here's a tip. (laughs) He was also with Deron Davis, but I wasn't going to mention him having a big game because he's looking at about three minutes a game right now. So. All right. So. I think everybody knows by now that we're all IU basketball fans. You know, that's the team that we're going to be cheering for this week. Uh, but let's give our unbiased opinions or our, our subjective, objective, subjective. Let's give our subjective picks for um, our prediction of the score. And, Reagan, you, you're coming up with all these uh, bourbon ideas. Do you want to talk about the bourbon bet that, sure. we just, we're, that we're going to do? We're all three going to predict both of the Crossroads Classic games, and whoever has the worst or the most far-off predictions has to buy the bourbon for next week's Bourbon Beat of the Week. The biggest difference, right? Yeah. Like you're the farthest away. Gotcha. Okay. So, IU Notre Dame, and then Odd Man Out brings a bourbon to next week's podcast. Um... Who wants to give the first score? I'll write it down. You, got, think, you guys think, are the guests. I think Tommy gets to pick who goes first since it's his house. Box, you're first. Whew. All right. So we we chatted a little bit about this earlier, and I, I've honestly been thinking about this the entire time we've been doing this because I'm so bad at picking numbers. You can just tell by my gambling uh, numbers. Um I'm going to go with, I'm self-deprecating, I'm going to go with a score of 68, write that down. Gosh dang it, I was going to use that number. 68 to 73, okay. 68-73 IU. I'll go IU 67 Notre Dame. 56. IU, okay. Tommy? I think I think IU scores 
um, 71. And I think Notre Dame puts up 64. So we're, we're all in agreement, IU wins. Yeah. You and I are in, no wait, you're, you're seven points on five. And then Reagan's nine. A little bit of a bit, little bit of a spread there. Do we, I kind of messed up the segment earlier. We also talked about what we think the predicting spread is going to be. Um, and, and we all said somewhere between five and eight. So that's kind of in that, that little realm that we just talked about right there. Um, I had an amazing cover last year in this game, the IU-Butler game. What was the final score? 71-68? to 68? Is that right? It was a three-point game. It was a three. I think it was 71-68. I, so I think it was tied because I remember saying, like, well, at least we're going into overtime. Yeah, but I had IU minus two. And the under of one forty and a half. <laughs> and I yes, covered. yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. So that we three, did have this. That three made me cover. I won IU, <laughs> and then I won the under by a point, a point and a half. So I got a double win on that. You God dang right, we Wait, did. This I a, took it this too. This was illegal last year. <laughs> no, it was yeah, no, it, it wasn't. It's just. Just cut it out. Statue limitation. No, no, we're leaving that in there. Statue limitation. Statue limitation. All right, so, um, and then we also wanted to throw out a total there. Um, I think I think they're going to, like, the total will be, like, around 140 again for this game. But if, if Notre Dame plays zone, I think it's going under. Because when you play zone, you, you play slower and... If IU doesn't play better defense than they did against Nebraska, then Archie might as well just walk off because he ain't going to last at IU if they play that bad of defense. So I think they're going to be way more focused defensively. Um, if that game does open at like 138 to 142, I would for sure take the under. I bet. I, I guess they're probably going to overpredict it. If you do. Like, I mean. I well, based know. off of IU's last game. Would you say one thirty eight to yeah. one forty two? What was IU last game? Ninety three to ninety. Yeah, something. Granted, it was overtime. Ninety six, ninety. Mm-hmm. Still, that's yeah. I think Notre Dame's puts up has put up some numbers in a couple games too. I think. Yeah, I mean they've shot it well. So. Yeah, I'll be I'll be checking that out for cause in anticip- anticipation of taking the under. All right, that's pretty good on that um, on that first game. You guys want to get into the second game? Do either of you guys know anything about Butler or Purdue? I can talk about Butler. Uh, I, I have Harms out, question mark, concussion, and Kamar Baldwin. Those are the two notes that I have written down. <laughs> you want to talk about Purdue? I don't know much about them either. I know yeah. that they're, they're, I, they don't have like an, they're, <clears throat> don't have much of an identity in there. Say that. I, I was going to defer. I mean, just. They're good inside and their guard plays suspect and they can't shoot. Who's that? Purdue. I know they're deep. They're like. The one thing I know about this game is they're both like top 10 defenses and it's probably going to be low scoring. And Pass it Purdue's, over here, Purdue's probably may not score much at all because. But you said. 
better down low, guard plays suspect, yeah. and they can't score, can't shoot. Mm. Rocky Road fudge. I love Christmas, and I love fudge, and you only get fudge when you when it's Christmas. Why well, is not it? if you go to St. Ambrose booth at Oktoberfest. They sell you guys fudge. do fudge there? They have a little thing that they sell fudge. <coughs> Breads and fudges. And you, didn't, you didn't just get a bloody nose, did you? No. Are we still recording? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is this? That's the Rocky Road. Isn't it? Like Ever tell you a story about an umpire? Uh, oh, I got cherry. The umpire got marshmallow. Umpire talking about Rocky Road to me? <laughs> no. How old? Please tell me you're like... Eight. High school. Oh, okay. So, this was uh, back when I had a lot of speed, and uh, in high school, when was that? That one time, and uh, I did something, and I had to slide head first into second base, and uh, got a little dirty. So I was doing the thing, you know, where you like grab your belt and kind of loosen it to let the dirt kind of all fall down, so it's not like in your shirt, in your pants. Umpire, I look at him, I call time. He goes, Tart! He comes up to me and goes, Hey. That's pushing the envelope these that days. That is. That's pushing the He could get <laughs> he, he might have been hitting on you. He could get get in serious trouble nowadays for that. It's like <laughs> He was an old guy, he didn't care. He's got that old man mentality, like the world owes me everything. I do GAF. Alright. All right, so All right. All right. Purdue Butler, go. All right, I'll start with Butler. Um, Butler has an identity, and I think that identity is Laval Jordan is a combination of Butler basketball and John Beeline. His defensive stats and efficiency stats are very similar to those of John Beeline's teams when Laval was an assistant coach at Michigan for Beeline. But Laval also kind of has that Butler mentality because he played at Butler. So um, he, they, they are very efficient, and they're an elite defensive team. I think they're a top ten defensive team in the nation. I think they're fourth. That would make sense because they're, they're what? not – what statistic or like what is that measuring? Points what is, per game. That's the. It's it probably takes several of them count points per game, points per possession, um, and like effective field goal percentage. But they're really solid defensively. They've got two guards that are veterans that have been playing a while that don't turn it over, so they take care of the ball. They get good shots. They're not super talented. But Kamar Baldwin is really good. Uh, he's one of the best closers that there is in college basketball. I would say he's nowhere near like a national player of the year. But what was the? They had a game recently, and he scored like their last seven, seventeen of their last twenty points to close out a game. Um, I think that was against Missouri. Um, he's he's really good. So McDermott, he can flat out stroke it. They defend at every position, no matter who's in. Who's got the sleeve? McDermott. Okay. 
Like Sean him. McDermott. Yeah, I like him. Wow, he shoots it well. The, the only thing that worries me about them being really good down the stretch, you know, like in the late in the Big East and then when you get into March Madness, is they can go through scoring droughts. If, if a team can really lock down Baldwin, they can struggle to score. So that's, that's their one weakness, but every team in the country has weaknesses right now. So the way they defend and their efficiency, for the most part, will, will keep them competitive. But they're going to be tough to beat. You oh, want to do Purdue? That fudge is so good. I love fudge. I can, yeah, I can do Purdue. So Purdue sits at 7-4. and four. Um, You know, Purdue kind of lacks an identity, kind of, I guess, the opposite of Butler. They uh, they don't really have a, a player that – I think I think they miss Carson Edwards a lot. Yep. They relied on him a lot. He's not there. Um, they don't really have a guard that's a consistent scorer or player, really, in that matter. Um, their, their play down low is a bit, little bit better, uh, but they really just – don't seem to have figured it out. Now they're up there on the defensive side, um, just like Butler. You know, they played Virginia, and they what Virginia scored like 40 points. So Virginia you, sucks. Yeah, they're they just that. So you take take that into account that I think that sp- really sp- helps use the use the numbers and Purdue's way a little bit because uh, I think. If us three played Virginia, they might score 55. <laughs> That's giving us a lot of credit on the defensive end. Well, we'd have Dubs and Noah, too, so they wouldn't get a board on Dubs. He'd box them out. That's a great but, point. Might re-break his foot. I mean, we'll, we'll see. You know, we got Matt Harms. We don't know if he's playing yet or, or not, right? Concussion protocol. That's going to move the line. Yeah. That's going to move the line whether he plays or not. Because I think without him, they definitely don't win. With him, they have a chance to win. Um, but I think it's it's going to be low scoring. Um, and we'll. I talked to Noah earlier, and he he's a big Purdue fan, and he wasn't very confident. He he basically said, "We'll see what Purdue shows up." Um, and he said the th- same thing about Harms. So we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be. It's going to be an interesting game. I do think it will probably be the better of the two games. Yeah, I agree with that. Did, did Dubs and I talk about our bet about Matt Harms on the pod? Oh, gosh. The Was it the NBA? The NBA. Yeah, Dubs and I have a bet that Matt Harms will be in the NBA next year. He says he will. Was it in the – I thought it was just he had to just get drafted or declare. Get, there was something about it, wasn't it? He has to go to the NBA next year. Yeah, I think it's be in the NBA yeah. next year. And then what do you win? Which I think is a $20 bet. I feel pretty good about that. What do you think the uh, score is going to be, Reagan? Is this that we're doing this in con- contrib- contribution to the uh, bet for bourbon for next week, right? Yep. Yes. I said we take the two games. So yeah. I got to go first on this one? I'll go yeah, Butler. We'll switch it up. I'll go Butler. Um, 61, 
I like it. I like it. I actually was going to say... Don't change it because of me. Yeah, I was going to I actually had Butler at 61 in my head. Purdue, I'm thinking... I think if they keep keep it a little closer, I'm going to say uh, 56. What was that? 61-56? Yeah, 61-56, Notre Dame. Or Notre Butler. Dame. Butler wins. Okay. Well... Here we are. We all three. We all three. <coughs> bless you. We all three took IU. You gonna move the needle here? <coughs> bless you. Thanks. We all three took IU. We all three can't take Butler. Moving the needle. I'm going Purdue. Um, I mean Purdue's gonna have to play lights out. Basically play like a, a form of basketball they haven't all year. Um, so I'm going. I am going to say Purdue wins, fifty-eight to fifty-one. All right. I'll be. I'll be the contrarian. All just. Right. Just to. Uh, I, so what kind of bourbon? I mean, what kind of bourbon do you get next week? I mean, do we get to pick? <laughs> no, I have a little bit of Elijah Craig left over that I'll bring. <laughs> what? Already planning on losing. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, now we got our spread prediction we talked a little bit about, um, and the over under as well. So, what was our consensus on that? Do you do you remember? I thought we said the spread would be somewhere like around five. Around five. Yeah, that's so. That's where I'm. I think I had what I had a five point spread, right? Yep. All right. So. Um, Somewhere around five we got for that game. I'll tell you, my favorite bet of the day will be that under. I think if they if that under is in the one twenties, I would take the under. Yeah, both teams are are good defensively, and neither team's elite offensively. And Butler's pace is slow. I think there's anything yeah, wrong. With that. I think the over under's got to be one twenty, low one twenties. At the most. Let's get into uh, the top threes. Yeah, let's get into the top threes. All right, so we have a final segment um, that we wanted to do. Uh, again, the, the the top fives have been rather, um, I mean, it just seems like every week we're just starting the next episode talking about our previous top five. So, contentious. Uh, contentious. Um, so we, we didn't want to do a top five. Um, list or, or we didn't know how to devise a top list because of the significance of the classic and um, the four teams that are playing and the four teams that we just talked about so Reagan you came up with the idea of doing the top three players greatest players of all time from each four schools from each school basically in our lifetime so we're going to go back to about 1990 give or take really but the, <clears throat> I don't think anybody got super close to going before 1990, but from 1990 on, who was the top three players at each of the four schools? And we're all going to give our list. We ranked one, two, and three, and we're going to go through. I vote we start with Notre Dame. Uh, I'm all right with that. I, I second it. We, why don't you just go ahead and start then? Okay. Uh, my number one player in the last three decades from Notre Dame is Troy Murphy. That's what Smooth I Smooth lefty. Did everybody have him as number one? I, I did. had him. I did. Smooth lefty. For his career, career, averaged 21.5 points and 9.8 rebounds. That's 
unbelievable. Yeah. So he had a couple years that were big time years. Yeah, he had a nice little NBA career too. Yes, he he made he made good money um, playing professionally too. He only stayed three years, but um, I think he I think he was an obvious no brainer. He he was a stud. He was really fun to watch. You know, and I will say deceptively, Notre Dame was was a tough pick because they have a lot of NBA players that are deceptively good. Yeah. So this was a tough list for me, but I think we're all in agreement, Troy Murphy, number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I will say, just to preface the rest of the segment, this is who was best in college, not who turned out the best or who improved the most or who's the most important to their team. You know, for instance, Brian Cardinal was better in college than Brad Miller, but Brad Miller ended up being a way better pro and making a lot more money. So it's who is the best in college. Now, if anybody has Brian Cardinal on your list, leave. Well, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Wait, it's my house. All right, someone else go for their number two for Notre Dame, since we're all we all have the same one. Um, Skybox, who's your two? Number two for me, I, honestly, dude, the Notre Dame one was kind of hard for me to come up That's with. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, and and just because honestly, I only found three people, and I, I'm gonna go number two, Chris Thomas. Is he on anybody's list? He's not on my list, but I liked him. Yeah. I liked him a lot. There's very few Notre Dame players, probably because there are very few Notre Dame players that I remember. He was one of them. Um, I think the third one that hopefully you guys say is the other one that I remember. But Chris Thomas was somebody that I do Uh, He was Mr. Basketball, I think. In In Indiana. Indiana. I'll look it up real quick. Chris Thomas was good. I don't... You... I think the number two is Did someone that's a little more obvious than that. But having Chris Thomas on your list is respectable. So do I I go two? Yeah, give us your number two. So my two is Luke Herringote. Yep, same. He, um, I believe he's second all-time in scoring and second all-time in rebounding. Yeah. In Notre Dame school history. Listen to his career stats. Troy Murphy's was unbelievable. Luke Herringote was 19 points a game and nine and a half rebounds for a career. He averaged a double-double his sophomore and junior year, and he averaged over 20 points a game his last three years. I mean, that's, I remember, that's unbelievable. I remember him being like a, a con, yeah, double-double. Double-double double machine. machine. That's uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Just to interject real quick, yes, Chris Thomas was Mr. Basketball from Pike. Right on. Yep. All right. So was that your two? That was my two. As that well. was my three, so I run it up my list. Okay. So. Now, I'm actually very interested to see who your number three is. I went back and forth on this for a while today. <clears throat> and I, I based a good amount of this on statistics. Um, and this one was tough for me, but I put Bonzi Colson. As my number three, um, he averaged a double-double again his junior and senior year. He didn't play very much as a freshman. His career stats, he still averaged 13 points and over seven rebounds for his career, and that's with getting very few minutes as a freshman. Um, and again, double-double junior and senior year. He, he w- could was like an unbelievable 6'5 post player with the longest arms ever. That, that, that would have been maybe – 
number one for my favorite Notre Dame player. Yeah, I love. I like Bonzi a lot. Yeah. I like Demetrius Jackson a lot too. Great name. My uh, great name. I think I'm the only one with somebody left. My number three was uh, Jerry and Grant. That was who I was debating between Bonzi and Grant. Yeah. So, and honestly, I don't really have a bunch of stats on them, but that's just somebody that always stood out to me. All right, so that's going to wrap up our Notre Dame top three. Now we're going to move on to another school. Let's go Butler. Want to do Butler now? You start us. Okay. Um, Top Butler player since 1990. I'm going to go Gordon Hayward as my number one. He was also my number one. I would hope that we all had him as number one. I try to make it dramatic and draw it out, but they're really there. There's probably one more consensus number one, maybe I don't know. We'll we'll see at the uh, end. There should I think all four have a consensus number one. I I think so, but this is also should have been a consensus number one. I, again, I didn't look up stats. I just kind of like you, Tommy. I'm an eye guy, and I always think about what if Gordon Hayward would have hit that buzzer half quarter against oh, Duke. Oh my God, he. He's already a living legend, and if he hits that shot against Duke in Indianapolis... That would have been his second championship. Fun fact. That would have been his second championship buzzer beater at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. His senior year of high school, he hit uh, kind of a fadeaway in the lane to win the 4A state title for Brownsburg. Brownsburg. They beat upset New Albany in the semi-state. New Albany was undefeated. You know... He he's just one of those players that you that you want on your team. Came in as I don't know what he was rated, but he goes to a smaller school and then just transitions that into a superstar powerhouse. Um, and again, that buzzer beater if that goes in, he was the he was the ninth pick in that draft. If he hits that, man, maybe he's up there. You want to hear a, you want to hear a more amazing fact about Gordon Hayward? Yeah, he almost quit basketball. Eighth grade or freshman year. Yeah, he was going to be a tennis player because he was like 5'11 or 6 foot. Like, he wasn't tall at all for his age. And he was just annoyed with basketball. Like, basketball wasn't fun. And he was like just kind of an average player and he was really good at tennis. So he had like this big dramatic speech planned out. He was going to go like talk to his parents and tell them he was going to quit. And he had a speech planned out for his coach or something and his mom's like shut up go to practice you're not quitting <laughs> not until after the season and then by the time the next season started he was like 6-4 and then good for the mom history. So, good for mom yeah he owes his mom a lot wasn't he like a, wasn't he a doubles player wasn't he like a, like a regional or like semi-state final I mean if he's 6-8 and playing doubles, he should be pretty good. No, but I meant like made, in, in he, high school. He's I thought, a I good just NBA he, basketball player. He was probably the best tennis player yeah. in Indiana. Yeah, he's probably pretty good. All right, who's uh, since that was everybody's number one, who's going for their number two? Tommy, you go for your number two. Uh, number two, I have uh, Sheldon Mack. Two guys off the same team. Shelton Back's on my honorable mention list, but I didn't have him in my top three. But he was good. He's number three for me. I have him on my list. I respect that. I, I, I went – Butler was kind of – I probably could have picked five different guys for two or three. You know, an interesting thing for Butler 
when I was going through, I, I was looking up stats for all these guys, and a lot of these guys are putting up 18 to 20 points a game for all these schools for their career. Butler doesn't have that. Like right. you, you don't go to Butler and score 20 a game. Like you go there, and if you're really good, you play as a freshman, and then you know you score 10 as a sophomore, you score 14 as a junior, and you score you know 17 as a senior. Your career average is 14 or 13 or whatever. So none of those, none of the guys on my list that I looked up even averaged over 15 a game, really. So right, I think that's what makes Butler the hardest. Yeah, I agree. They're more. They're more like. Other than Gordon, Gordon Hayward was obvious. The rest of Butler was basically eye test. For yeah, me. for me, I went Kellen Martin too. Kellen Martin was the highest um, career points per game guy out of all the guys I looked up. He averaged twenty one as a senior, which is pretty impressive. I also uh, talked to one of my buddies today, who's a season ticket holder for Butler, and he said his he had Kellen Martin as. Um, the top of his list as well. So I had Kellen Martin 15 points a game for his career and five rebounds a game um, and played a lot of games. So he's actually making, doing all right in the NBA. He's on the Timberwolves right now. So floating, I think, from G League to the, to the big leagues. Skybox, who's your number two? My number two, um, I put Matt Howard. Oh, yeah. Yep, I put Matt Howard. Matt Howard's number three on my list. Yeah, I thought he deserved to be on there. And um, honestly, my honorable mention almost made the list too, and I'll, I'll, I'll do that there at the end. But Matt Howard almost was my three. And I'm going to preface my three by saying it was like complete bias to this was one of my favorite Butler players ever to watch because I also watched him in high school a couple times. And it was A.J. Graves. He was on my list. He was my honorable mention guy. Your your two and three were my four and five. Okay. And then I think my two and three were your four and five. And A.J. Graves, and I wanted to bring him up actually pretty quickly because, Reagan, what you were talking about, you know, if you're good as a freshman, you score ten points. If you're this, you're that. I looked up A.J. Graves. A.J. Graves, points per game, 11 13, 16, 13. So we had a little bit of a drop off his senior year. I think they were really did they, didn't they have someone come in his senior year? That yeah, really and, and and that's I doing the research that from that team. I think they're I'm looking it up right now, but I believe that's what it was was that there was a. You want to hear a really good AJ Graves story from high school when he was in high school? What he went to a really small school in Indiana, like Indian Creek or something. He I thought went, it was like Switzerland. He's from Switz County. And he played at uh, White River Valley High School. Okay. So I think his dad was his high school coach. And all they ever said, like his dad's game plan, which if you're, you know, a 1A school and you have a Division One player, it's probably smart to get him the ball a lot. But it doesn't look very good when it's the coach's kid. So Graves' dad was the coach, and he was always preaching, like, get A.J. the ball, get A.J. the ball. Well, his teammates kind of got sick of it. So um, there was a game they were up 30, and so Graves comes out of the game. And one one of the players that got subbed in was also a senior, and he was sick of everybody hearing, just give the ball to A.J. So someone offered him a bunch of money for him to, once he got into the game, to come down the court 
and passed the ball to A.J. Graves <laughs> while he was sitting on the bench. I knew that's where that was going, but that's <laughs> and, hilarious. And he actually did it. And then I think he got kicked off the team because he was accepting money to do it. And the coach was furious about it. But I think that's awesome. That is pretty funny. Uh, A.J. Graves' senior year, that 2007-2008 um, Butler team, they were 30-4. and four. Very, Jeez. very good basketball team. They were 16-2, and two, uh, but that was when they were in the Horizon League. So, yeah. Um, that got to take that into effect. I, they had a few players. Matt Howard was on the team at that point, and a few other guys, but nobody that really stands out. But um, just, say, just a very good team that year. Yeah, I will say we have to. This has to be mentioned. Matt Howard probably has the second best mustache in college basketball history, and by best I mean worst. Right behind Adam Morrison. Yeah, obviously, and then Matt Howard. Yeah, that, I saw that, Matt Howard last week at the Pacer game. Did you say hi? Uh, no, we weren't close enough to say hi. Oh. Hi! <laughs> hey, Matt! You're number three on my list. <laughs> Should have asked him to come on. <laughs> come on the pod. That was our chance! <laughs> All right, let's go to Purdue. We, yep, finish with IU. Yeah. If All right. If everybody doesn't have the same Purdue If you don't have number one, you're a moron. Glenn Robinson, number one. Um, Best Dude, one of the best college players probably ever. He might be the... When was the last time a, a big-time college player averaged over 30 for a full season? He's, is he the last one? I'm trying to think. Like, there's, I'm sure there's been someone at, like... Well, I know there was someone at a small school uh, that's done it. But right. yeah, I'm saying, like, at a Power 5 right. school that's... that's the, I, I don't think there's been anybody since him that's he averaged 30. He was unreal. He averaged 27 and a half in his two years. Number one draft pick, right? For the Bucks. He went 1-1 to the Bucks in 94. That's and he, averaged, he almost averaged 10 rebounds a game. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, did anybody else struggle with the rest of their list for Purdue? I did. I had, I had five guys I could have picked for two and three. Yeah, I had. I think I was between four. Uh, All right, go ahead. Let's hear your number two. My number two. Yeah. Can I can I give you guys a little uh, cool fact about um, that's here on is uh, Glenn Robertson's Wikipedia? Sure. His uh, when he was at Purdue, he was only there for two years, and um, became the only Boilermakers have more than a thousand points, five hundred rebounds, a hundred steals, a hundred assists, fifty blocks. During his two seasons at Purdue, along with that, he also holds the school record for uh, the clean and jerk at three hundred and nine pounds. Holy moly! Holy shit! He was a big boy. All right. He was um, a big dog. <laughs> one might say. Yeah. All right. So we're on to number two. Uh, like Reagan said, my number two could have been four guys. My number three could have been, I don't number two, which is funny because I'm kind of going back on one of our past episodes. That, uh, that was an issue for me too. Right. So I actually have Swan again as number two. If he would have had a, the reason he was questionable because his shorter career all my other guys had longer Purdue careers, um, but I, for me, I don't. I guess 
I don't feel like that technically should play sure. in. Double double machine. I yeah, mean, he was unbelievable. His senior year, what, what did he average? Like eighteen and twelve. Yeah, something ridiculous. His career, he averaged fourteen and ten. I mean, he averaged a double double. It's insane. Right. So that's my number two. He was my number three. Um, he probably was ahead of a couple guys just because I put him on. What was it? Two weeks ago on that one. Yeah. But gosh, he was he was really good. So. Who's your number two, Rocket? Um, I mean, just just like you guys, I just kind of threw shit out of the wall, see what stuck. Um, I'm gonna go with each one more. I can't fault you there. He's on my list. <laughs> he was too. one of my four. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are four he people. He was so consistent. Yeah. Like, played 140 games, 15 points a game, over four rebounds, over three assists, over a steal a game, like for his career. Just like Mr. Consistent came in and was playing from day one. You, you could argue anybody on that, t- the three guys on his team, all of them well, could be on the list. Well, so I t- was on the phone with Noah earlier, and the fact that Noah's by far the biggest Purdue fan yeah. out of our friends, and he basically was reiterating, like, it would be hard for him. He would have, like, four or five guys he also mentioned that team. He's like, I don't know how many you want to pick off that team, but there's three on there that yeah. could have been. I, I picked – I had Hummel as my number two. That's funny. That's my number Which three. Which is kind of funny because I picked Swanigan a couple uh, Well, Hummel's ago, but my three. So we like <laughs> yeah, we flip-flopped. flip-flopped. I, for me, like when I think of Purdue basketball and like I think of that team yeah. with, with Etwan and Juwan and Chris Kramer, that group – um, and I, Robbie Hummel just sticks out the most to me of yeah. that group. And he just epitomizes, in my opinion, Purdue basketball as far as how he carries himself and playing hard. And even you see him now, like he's a. And he's, shout out to Robbie. What was he just named? USA yeah, Men's like, Basketball Player of the Year? Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, Robbie, if you're out there, come on the pod. Um, but I, he just. Like, he's such a well-spoken guy. I think he's a good commentator now. Yeah. And it, it kind of irritates Another me. Another good Indiana boy. Yeah. Valparaiso, right? Valpo, what a joke of a town. It irritates me. Shout out Valpo. We love you. Hummel played at Purdue, is a Purdue guy, but I can't not like him. Yeah. Like, he's just such a likable guy. He's a good dude. Um, he actually had a couple okay years in the NBA, too. And, um, and speaking on that team, I mean, Jawan was the other guy I was considering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only reason I didn't I put, put more consideration into him is because I was like, well, he's comparable to Swanigan, and Swanigan's numbers are unreal. Yeah. So, um, and then you you obviously could have put Carson in the mix. Yeah. Which everybody would have to consider him. Recency but, bias. But the only reason I didn't pick Carson was because I think he's, other than Glenn Robinson – and maybe one of these guys from IU, he might be the best scorer out of all these schools other than, you know, one guy from Purdue and one guy from IU. He just didn't have another skill set that was, you know, super good. Like, he didn't rebound because he was small. He played the two, so he didn't get a lot of assists. He wasn't like their lockdown defender. But he was just an unbelievable scorer. All these other guys kind of had something else to go along in their game. So that's why I left him off my list. Any other comments on the Boilers? 
No. No, Jawan Johnson and Carson Edwards made my honorable mention, so. Now are we to the team that... Are we to the team that matters? Yeah. The Hoosiers? All right. Who wants the easy one? I say we do it on three. All right. One, two, three. Calvert Chaney. I put Vic Oladipo up there. Oh, oh my God. Calvert oh. Chaney is the Big Ten's all-time leading scorer. He's the he's probably the best player in the history of the Big Ten. Hey, I, I, At least the best four-year player. Good point. He's my number two. Good. I, he's on my list. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Oh, my. Good pick, guys. Good pick. <laughs> Number two could have gone with number two, but you know you you blew your wad on number one. <laughs> Tommy, you want to go? Who's number two on your list? I mean, Vic. <laughs> I didn't even have Vic on my list. What? Really? Because I looked at stats and I couldn't put him on my list. Yeah. Well, I uh, my number two, <laughs> Alan Henderson. I, yeah, I, my, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to take a bunch of people from back when we were, like, in our prime. I actually saw him at a Pacer game uh, a year or two ago. Alan Henderson. You can't argue Alan Henderson. I mean, had averaged 16 and 9 for his career. Um, had some huge numbers. And a lot of people say if he gets healthy, if he stays healthy and was it 93, I think 93, if he stays healthy, they win it all, no doubt about it. They, they, you know, a lot of people say that's maybe the best team Bob Knight ever had. Um, he he was really good, and I mean, and that, his stats just stood out to me way above Vicks. So I'm I'm now really interested to see who you guys have at number three to see if it matches with me. Probably not. IU IU was tough because I mean, really, if you're gonna <laughs> If you're gonna be, you probably go all back to like the early '90s. Yeah. If you, if you really want to be it, you might go to the. Who, who would Dubs have on his list? No question. Jared Jeffries. <laughs> Jared Jeffries, because he was a ball Yogi. boy. He was a ball boy. Damn during... it. Uh, Dubs yeah. would have to have Dave uh, Bailey yeah. on there. Yeah. Nothing beats the time. Another, Dubs another got... Southern Indiana boy. He probably would. Hey, HHC baby. Damon's on my uh, honorable mention. He didn't make mine. Who's your guys at number three? Go ahead. I uh, I put Eric Gordon. He was unbelievable. Eric Gordon. So IU was the only one, or not the, one of the ones I could just go down and write like Vic. Boom. Like I could do the names without looking them up who I thought. Gordon was number two on my list. He's the second guy that I wrote down. I loved Eric Gordon. Is he number three on your list? Overall? He's not number three. He, Number three is going to be contentious, but I, I really battled between putting Gordon on my list. I thought, well, how, many, how many years? Was he only at IU for one year? Man, I wish. Because was that during, that was, was that Calvin Sampson or was that? Yeah, he was, uh, Sampson's last year. Yeah. Because Eric Gordon graduated high school in 07. Which was ironic. He played against Etwan Moore in the state championship game in '07, and Eric Gordon was unbelievable in high school, unbelievable in college too. Played one year, 
and then Samson had his thing, so Samson was out, and then everybody left IU, and Gordon went pro. Yeah, yeah. So I like that pick. My number three, I put DJ White. Um, DJ White, mainly for his consistency. I, I looked up his um, his baggy undershirts <laughs> that he stole from AJ Moye. Iconic. Um, I How was, did AJ Moye not make our list? Favorite player ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. yeah it, again, favorite. if it's a it's if it's a favorite. I mean, he's that's he's, that's what that's why the, I had trouble with IU is because like I've so watched guys I've watched it every game since I yeah that's why I didn't put Vic because I was trying to not do my favorites. He, uh, shout out to shout out to KJ my my father who was actually here earlier because yes. he wanted to see us live in action. Um, so, he he was teaching us how to throw chairs when we were kids <laughs> because I mean he he's an IU grad he loves IU he. I give it to him. He, he raised me right. We took it took me to the final four when IU was in it. I mean I just I got it honestly, unfortunately. So I included DJ White and and two things or well the one thing that really struck out to me, his freshman year he started twenty nine of twenty nine games. His sophomore year he got that was when he had his broken foot and he, he started three games, played in five. So we'll scratch that year. His junior year comes back, started 32 of 32 games. His senior year started 33 of 33 games. Started every basically if he played the entire season, he played every single game and really bounced back after his injury and and kind of like you said his baggy shirt, just an iconic player for me, so I wanted to include him on the list and you know, I'm glad I appreciate it. Yeah. Um thank you. My number appreciate 3 you. I had I mean just he, Played in a lot of games. He was huge so many times. And I put him over Vic because he just had better numbers. Vic only averaged like 10.7 points a game for his career. So that's why I left him off. It just kind of hurts. I feel like Vic's Vic's first year, though, is... It just killed him. Kills him. Um, And that's probably another reason I put this guy on. A.J. Guyton. A.J. Guyton. That right there is probably like... Fighting between Moye, AJ Moye, and AJ Guyton for your favorite Hoosier for my favorite IU players of all time. I, big on Jordan Holes, he would. Yeah. He unfortunately wouldn't be scratched the top of this list, but AJ Guyton averaged sixteen point four points for his career, over three rebounds, over three assists. Could shoot the three ball. The only thing that bothered me about him was when he lined up for his free throws towards the end of his career. He lined up like two feet off center. That really bothered me. I mean, yeah. Well, he was. It was to get over, try to get over a struggle, wasn't it? Yeah. Not, not, not nearly as bad as like Bracey Wright taking like Gosh. five feet back and shooting and a not jump dribbling. shot. Oh my god. Bracey Wright. I was getting ready to mention Bracey Wright too. Maybe top three disappointments. I honestly forgot about him. So do we cover everybody's list? Yeah, I mean, again, I had Gordon on my list. I had AJ Guyton honorable mention. Jared Jeffries, I thought about. Um, honorable mention. It, gosh, I could have. Yeah, you could. You could really. I could sit here and probably name ten more guys that I think. We might have to put some polls out to the Twitterverse, just to see settle. You know, like who's yeah. the best player in the last thirty years at IU? Is it? Chaney or is it Vic and um, maybe do some other stuff 
Well, do like I mean, four tweets for all 14 or four polls? It's not as a Vic. It's, it's Cheney, but... <laughs> here's, the, here's the two and the three. I want to do that. I want to do, like, for Purdue, Who who's the second best player? Or who we can just change it so Glenn Robinson's not even mentioned. Let's just do who's the best player for Purdue in the last 20 years and just list those guys and then have people vote. So go to our Twitter, vote. We'll set a poll. We'll do it for like two days. Yeah, definitely Keep check check so. out the social medias. Follow us on there. Um, we have our Facebook too um, that we just got we just got started. So that's uh, I like that a lot. It gives us a lot of good insight. A lot of you guys are clicking on our links and uh, uh, doing that either during work or while you're you know taking a taking a dump for your break. So um, we'll take it. Yeah, matters. Hey, hey, whatever we, whatever we got to do, whatever you got to do to, uh, to listen, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I will say, Twitterverse universe followers. If you guys see Dubs, give him a hug. He's struggling with the, the loss of Herman Boone. He got him through a lot of uh, tough, tough athletic moments being a three sport athlete growing up. So you give think Dubs a hug if you see him. You think he's at home crying watching the movie right now? Uh, I think he's actually starting Remember the Titans for the fourth time tonight already. Just he's probably standing in the middle of his, Everywhere we go <laughs> Everywhere we go people wanna know <laughs> who we are. Yeah we get it. <laughs> So, well, I thought we would all go, and then I would yeah. hit end, and that's how we'd go out. Well. So we tell them. We are the Titans. Okay. I'm not doing it. How about the Titans? mighty, mighty Titans. How about, how about. <laughs> all right, we'll, uh, we'll have this um, uploaded. But in, anyways, follow us on our social medias. Uh, get, us on, get us on the, uh, the Action Network where we post all of our picks. Um, that's the best way to get uh, the up-to-date live picks that we're betting. Next episode, we'll be uh, f- talking about the impeachment of Trump. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, seriously, Merry Christmas. This will be our last episode before Christmas. Mer- whatever, whatever you want to celebrate, happy holidays. Damn.